Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. We've got a great show on tap for you. Lots of interesting stuff. Let's start it out with the stories that we're tracking on this afternoon. This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, Amy, where do we start? Military brass gathered in Madison today to celebrate the arrival of a really cool new high-tech military jet called the Quarterback in the Sky. I'm a real uh, jet guy. I'm really into the military. I love jets and big Navy ships. And this jet is super cool. It's the F-35. The Wisconsin Air National Guard will fly this bad boy. The F-35 Lightning II aircraft has been assigned to the 115th Fighter Wing out there. So the Adjunct General for Air in the state, Brigadier General David May, said this. If you think about the F-16, which is being replaced as a flip phone, the F-35 is a smartphone, a really, really good smartphone. It's an enormous upgrade. The weapon systems this jet can carry, the speeds it can fly, and the fighter capabilities it has in air, absolutely unbelievable. The first of 20 planes delivered today. And we'll get some depth on this when we talk to a military expert, a guy from the Air Force Academy, Jim Gingras, who's now at UW-Madison during the 5 o'clock hour. Really cool. And moving on to Aaron Rodgers. Have you heard he's departing for New York? Thank God. You might want to hold on to that number 12 memorabilia. This is interesting. So memorabilia um, experts, according to TMJ4, are saying that his stuff will only continue to go up in value. Part of the thought behind that is he eventually will retire a Packer. He'll eventually become a Hall of Famer. He'll eventually get his number retired. And so the prices will only go up. So hold on to it. If you can find something autographed of his, buy it now. Price is expected to raise. The one caveat is... Anything related to number 12, according to the experts, that's not autographed, like a jersey or something else, is likely to fall in value. But has the autograph have, stuff has to have is the autograph. Yeah, has to have the autograph or has to be a game-worn uh, piece of memorabilia. But if you got that, hang on to it. Sales are going up, as a matter of fact, since the trade, according to one TMJ4 interviewed shop owner. All right, what next? An icon has died, a barrier-breaking singer actor and activist that's harry belafonte harry belafonte passes away at the age of 96 so this guy led quite a life not only was he a singer an actor he was also an activist he was close friends with martin luther king jr and in the years leading up to mlk's death mlk would actually hang out at his apartment belafonte's apartment to strategize or escape the pressures of the civil rights movement Listen to what else Harry Belafonte did, Belafonte. In addition to working with MLK on civil rights issues, he led the campaign against apartheid and befriended Nelson Mandela. He led the fight against HIV and became a UNICEF goodwill ambassador. He came up with the idea for recording the 85 hit song, We Are the World. This guy just did everything. And he said he, he said he really, his trade was being an activist. That's what he viewed himself yeah. ahead of being an actor. He said he was born an activist. What a Really guy. interesting man. What a life. Harry Belafonte passes away at the age of 96. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot punch. All right, the big news uh, very early this morning was that Joe Biden announced officially that he's running for president again in 2024 via a recorded video message. ABC's Andy Field has been covering the president for a very long time, and he is with us this afternoon. Andy, kind of an interesting way to roll this out, huh? 
Yeah, you know, the, the, he doesn't have any competition to, to speak of yet, and um, he knew he had to get his name out there sooner rather than later to stop all the talk about will he or won't he run. Uh, it's basically saying, look, he he sees this as a as a fight between uh, progressive Democrats, moderate Democrats, and what he calls the MAGA Republicans, and he says that this is the freedom. Uh, for women to have choice, uh, the freedom to keep your Social Security and, and Medicare, the freedom to uh, live life as you wish to live it uh, without these attacks on what's happening in many Republican states against LGBTQ issues, uh, uh, book bans and such. And uh, that's what he thinks his base uh, is going to get energized by. And that was basically the first ad that he put out there. The Republicans, of course, Republican National Committee very quick to put out a counteract, a counteract that they already had prepared, uh, that basically paints this dystopian picture of life under another four years of Joe Biden, with San Francisco crumbling into crime and uh, fentanyl abuse, with the borders being overrun, uh, shootings and, and violence in, in every part of the country, people being out of work. This is they're painting the picture of what they say. They think life is under Joe Biden now, and which will be more of, more of the same. So you could not have two more different visions of the country. Uh, interestingly, the Republicans said the Republican candidate will be Joe Biden, but we don't know who that Republican candidate will be yet. We assume it will be Donald Trump from the current polling, but again, they have to have the primary season. Interestingly, the Democrats have said, well, we're going to have primaries, but we're not going to have any debates because we have, are all in on Joe Biden, and that's the way it is. Do you think that there's any chance that um, Biden will actually um, make it through this situation? <laughs> I mean, with his with his age? You know, it, 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 it's, it's so funny because I've, I've, <laughs> I've talked with a number of stations today, and, and I've had the exact same question from every single station. Uh, the answer is I have no idea. But uh, Joe Biden did have to put this announcement out sooner rather than later, because otherwise, if the speculation is he wasn't going to run, he instantly becomes a lame duck president and gets absolutely nothing done for the next year and a half. So he has to, even if he decides later on he's not going to run, he has to give the illusion that he is going to. So he continues to have that illusion of power and continuing in office after that. Um you know, the interesting question is, we don't get that question very often about Donald Trump. Do you think he'll, he's just doing this to raise money and he'll, he'll bow out? Most people think he wants to run till the very end. So, uh, and they're not that different in age. But they're uh, both Donald old. Trump, I mean, yeah, let's I mean, be frank. They're not young men, either one of them. Yeah, Donald Trump's 76, Joe Biden's uh, 80. Uh, they, they will both be, uh, in two years, 78 and 82. Uh, probably the two oldest men to ever run for president. Uh, and I think Joe Biden is currently the oldest person ever to be in that office. So um, there are a lot of people who are uncomfortable with that. Uh, you know, the reality is, is that life expectancy after 80 isn't that great in this country. Uh, and then so if he doesn't fulfill his next term, who do you get? Kamala Harris. And there are a lot of Democrats who are not particularly happy with that prospect. Well, Andy, the latest polling showed that almost half of all Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run again. That's unprecedented for a sitting president. 
I'm not sure that is that what the poll says. I, I think that yeah. they they said they would prefer someone younger. I don't know that they said they didn't want him to run. A poll conducted mm-hmm. earlier this month found that 48 percent of Democrats said they uh, didn't want Joe Biden to run again. Wow. Okay. Well, um, you could say you don't want him to run, but but does that mean that if he does, you're going to vote for him? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're not going to run vote for Donald Trump, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, there there is no alternative, and the alternatives right now, (coughs) excuse me, in the Democratic Party are Marianne Williamson, who's kind of a new age self help guru. Uh, She's seventy, and uh, she's a spring chicken. Does she just have money to burn on trees or something? I just don't understand why she does this. I don't know the answer to that either, but she didn't make, you know, I, I think she dropped out even before the primaries the last time that she tried to run. And then you have Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is primarily known as a big proponent of avoiding vaccinations, not just COVID vaccinations, but any kind of vaccination. And that doesn't play particularly well with progressives or even moderate Democrats. So I'm not quite sure what base he's going after in the Democratic Party. ABC's Andy Field. Andy, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks, guys. Joe Biden, if reelected, would be 86 years old at the end of his second term. 86 years old. I mean, I got a grandpa who's 95, but I don't want him to be president. Doesn't mean I don't like him. <laughs> I think it's Are a we reasonable at our peak concern. when we're 86 years old? That is unrealistic. That's stupid to even think about. Right. The best we have to offer is the vigor and vitality of someone who's going to be 86 years old. This is what we're doing. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's I want to elect somebody who's not more concerned with drinking insure and taking a nap than foreign policy. (laughs) Okay, well, he's not quite there, but he may be at 86 years old. Who's at their peak at 86? He also is someone who's had an aneurysm. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Well, only one that we know about. This right. is ridiculous. Right. This is Not just... that Donald Trump's health seems that good, eating Big Macs. No, he's too old, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I mean, and I'm not an ageist, but... I'm not either. This is the, this, we need the best and the brightest and the energy it takes to be president of this nation. The swift and the strong. Come on. I'm writing you in. This is... I, I've been thinking about it for a long time. <laughs> Please it's don't official do that now. to me, my friend. <laughs> Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Our own Greg Matzik is raising money for the MAC Fund by golfing 100 holes on Thursday. If he reaches his goal, if he reaches his goal, he's going to grow his hair out. Greg is beautiful and bald, <laughs> and he's going to grow his hair out. So we asked people around here at WTMJ at the offices what style he should try to grow. Oh, I kind of like to see a pro. Pro, like yeah. a Bob Ross kind of thing? Yeah, 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 definitely Bob Ross. I, he's got that artistic bent to him. So I can see, like, and, and of course you got to have a beard. Got to do the beard. And then maybe, maybe you want to dye it like a really interesting mauve color. I'm thinking uh, kind of like a spike. Very, very spiky hair on top. So we're talking like Shade. three, four feet yeah, high? Yeah, really high spiky hair, still shaved, completely shaved in, in the sides and back. And I think that would be a great look for Greg. I could see Greg rocking a high top fade. Like, kind of like the one that you would see in like the 90s house party movie. I can see that. What about Ben? What do you think? Interesting. Uh, you know what, Greg? Uh, go ahead and uh, grow some dreads. Go, go get some dreads. Uh, get, do a little body modification. All right. Uh, there are male wigs out here these days. Try them. 
I just like yours, Adam. Like mine? Yes. Because then you can compliment it with a nice hat on something, the hair underneath it. And it, and it compliments his eyebrows as well. Wow. Hmm, I'd, like a, I'd like a nice shaved mohawk finger. That's what I'd like, you know, something edgy. I would go for um, something between Shaka Smart during the pandemic and like a Chia Pet. That's kind of my vision for you with, with hair growing out right now. I'm picturing like a whole Fabio thing going on. Long, like long blonde. Luscious. If we're going to pendulum swing, we got to do it fully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm thinking that you grow it up, but we keep it high and tight. Oh, I want, like, geez. the military cut, like, I, nice and trimmed well, up. If, what about hair on sides, nothing on top? Because I think that's what you're going to get. Okay. I think that's Gallagher. what's going to happen. Gallagher, grow yeah. the back long. Yeah, I, I, well, might need to go for longer than a month on that. So here's the deal. Greg's golfing 100 holes on Thursday, raising money for the MAC fund. Here's where you come in. You want to see any of those hairstyles we just discussed? Want to see Greg grow his hair out? I really want to see Greg grow his hair out. He will do it if we could raise $7,500, and we're at about $6,000. So we need your help. Any little bit matters. Text the word GOLF to 855-616-1620. Text the word GOLF. The eight five five six one six one six twenty. I want to see you with hair. Yeah, so uh, sixty two hundred dollars. I just oh, nice. checked. We had some donations come in, and it's been about two thousand dollars of growth since we started this on Friday, John. So that's a big time credit to a lot of our fans and listeners. And and I sincerely cannot thank you enough. Uh, yes, it's fun to embarrass myself a little bit uh, <laughs> with a good cause behind it, but really, you're supporting an incredible cause in the fight against pediatric cancer, which is. Much, much greater than, uh, you know, the quest to see me look goofy with hair. Of and course. all the money stays here in it Wisconsin. Does. It does. Which, which is, is really meaningful. Yeah. So it's coming up. Good Thursday morning is when uh, we tee off. So we're trying to get everything locked and loaded here before I tee off on Thursday morning. So uh, a couple of days here to go here. 855-616-1620. Text the word GOLF. All the information gets sent right back to you. Make Come it on. easy. Let's do this. Let's raise some money and get make close. Greg grow some hair. We're getting there. 855-616-1620. Text the word GOLF. Major Garrett up next. Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent. He's the guy in charge of the Takeout podcast. Four o'clock this Saturday, you can hear that. And his book is The Big Truth. It's a great book. You need to pick it up for the world we live in. It's just so relevant. Major, thank you so much for being with us. Good afternoon, John. Great to be with you. So Joe Biden announces in a video very early this morning that he indeed will seek re-election. He uh, does it through a video, doesn't give a chance for any questions or any really interaction at all. Here's my question, Major, and I don't know a delicate way to ask this. He will be 86 years old at the end of his second term if re-elected. No matter how brilliant you are, nobody's at their peak when they're 86 years old. Uh, I don't even know what the question is. I guess it's an observation. That seems so old, Major. No question. Uh, it would be without precedent in our country's history. And one of the odd things about this emerging race, John, and I describe it as that only because there's so much thing, so many things need to happen before we know for certain that Trump and Biden will be the nominees as they appear to be the nominees for their party. The one thing that strikes me that we do know for sure is Democrats are more eager for Trump to be the Republican nominee. And Republicans are more eager for Biden to be the Democratic nominee than members of their 
respective parties are for them to be their nominees. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. they're each one. They're beatable. And Democrats want to run against Trump. But Democrats are not all that psyched about Biden and Republicans. Some are very psyched about Trump, but many are still looking around. So it just seems really interesting to me that that the two parties are fixated on who they want to run against, not so much fixated and sold on who they want to represent them. And I just find that one of the many oddities of this emerging 2024 presidential campaign. Speaking of of the Republican race, DeSantis is expected to make a official run, mm-hmm. and he's is he waiting too long to declare his run for president? So it's a very good question, and it's being debated within DeSantis circles as we speak. They always had the idea in mind to wait until the Florida legislative session was over. I mean, for a very practical reason, the Florida legislature has to change the law in Florida about whether or not you run for a higher office, having to vacate the office you currently occupy. They want to make it so he can be governor and run for president at the same time. Under Florida law, you can't do that yet. And that process is working through the state senate. So there's a practical reason to wait for the Florida legislative session to be over. But they always wanted to also have that to have rack up all these conservative victories and then have this agenda just passed to contrast with everyone else in the field. And that's still what they're going to do. The best reporting that I have and my colleagues here at CBS have is that it'll be late in May or maybe Memorial Day weekend for the rollout. So he's committed. He's going to run. But you're on to something. And lots of DeSantis supporters are nervous about this. That Trump has been landing some very good blows. Yes, because he was in the news so much, he sort of jumped out ahead in national polls. Remember, national polls are totally irrelevant in primaries. You win state by state, then you build your own momentum to other states. But they do feel, some in the DeSantis circles, that Trump has landed more punches than they were expecting, landed them harder, and their counterpunching has only been minimally effective. And that has caused some concern among DeSantis fundraisers and donors, but they're going to stick to their plan. And it's one of these tricky moments in a campaign where you have to have your plan, you have to have your own sense of internal confidence, and outside factors will make you question that. And you've got to decide, what am I going to do? Am I going to change my strategy or am I going to stick with what I want to do? Right now, DeSantis is still sticking with that original strategy, third week of May, maybe the last week of May, but there's a lot more energetic self doubting about that now than there was, say, a month ago. And this is one of the things that campaigns go through even before they launch. And DeSantis is going through that now. CBS's chief Washington correspondent, Major Garrett, is with us. Major, the debt ceiling continues to be in the news. Tell Mm -hmm. me why I should care about the debt ceiling. You should care about it because it could bring on a recession even more rapidly than many economists believe one is heading toward us. And the reason I point that out is because the politics of it make Absolutely no sense to me if you're a congressional Republican. Look, the Consumer Confidence Report came out from the conference board today, and it shows the lowest number of consumer confidence in the future of the U.S. economy in almost a year. Consumers are feeling a recession is coming. And when consumers feel recession is coming, they act in a more protective, less expansive, less spending way. What does that do? It hastens a recession. The one thing that congressional Republicans could do right now to shift blame for a coming recession is to precipitate a debt ceiling crisis. Because if there is one, whatever is happening that's recessionary in the economy will happen more rapidly. Because 
people will wonder about the full faith and credit of the United States. They'll wonder about it in June, not in the fall when the recession might come. So the one thing Republicans could do to put blame on their shoulders politically for a recession is precipitated debt crisis, which apparently is exactly what they're aiming to do. If a recession is coming and the incumbent is going to be saddled with that recession, and there's plenty of evidence to suggest that there is, why not have the incumbent, meaning President Biden, shoulder all the blame? Apparently, Republicans think they need to get on the blame game, too. Why? I can't quite figure out at all. Yeah, I, I absolutely hate that, Major. You know, one thing I love is to take out podcasts. So I was listening to you sent me, uh, thank you, the Roy Wood Jr. podcast, The mm-hmm. Comedian. I was on mm-hmm. my treadmill and I decided <laughs> I would listen to it. And I laughed out loud so hard that I basically fell off the treadmill almost. My wife said, is everything okay up there? And I said, I'm listening to Major Garrett's podcast. She said, you don't usually laugh out loud when you're listening to Major's podcast. Is it clean? No, no. Yes, it's clean. Yes. It's funny. Exactly. So um, I've really taken a little bit of a turn in April um, toward the sort of the comedy axis of my life. And I love comedians. I spend a lot of time paying attention to comedy. And when I can book them on the show, I can. And we're going to have three comedians or three comedy-themed episodes the month of April. We're going to talk to Matt Friend later this week. He's an incredibly wildly successful Instagram comedian. He does other things. He does stand-up, but he's hugely popular on Instagram and TikTok. Matt Friend? His impersonations, politics. Yeah, Matt Friend. Okay. So that'll be three comedy shows this month of April. And Roy Wood Jr., he's going to be the comedian at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. We, we <laughs> taped that in New York. He's a, he's a he's correspondent for The Daily Show for years. He's been a recent uh, substitute host. I asked him, do you want the show? He goes, of course I want the show. <laughs> and as you said, he's funny. He's naturally funny. My only goal, John, in these shows, only one goal. If I can organically make a professional comedian laugh at something I said, then I'm basically <laughs> done for the show. Well, then you succeeded. One authentic laugh out of the comedian as a professional <laughs> Laugh machine, then I'm very happy. You were funny, Major. You're you're as funny as he is. I, I mean no, that. No, you were very no. funny. Are you studying that as like a structure, is, yeah, a comedic a structure, or are you are you off, are you funny off the off the you know offhand funny? I I like to think I'm funny uh, in an offhanded, uh, clever, in the moment sort of way. Yeah, but I also That's have deep respect for people who do this work for a living. It's much harder than it looks, and they are craftspeople, females and males who who do stand up, who do the the terrifying work of stand up. You know, I mean, George Carlin always used to joke about it. Uh, he'd come out on stage and he'd say, "Let's make sure we all understand each other. I'm here for me. You're here for me. No one's here for you." Okay. <laughs> and that would like shift all of the energy, like from being afraid of dying out there and no one laughing at your jokes to like getting everyone to laugh and join into it. So people who are really skilled at this and who work at it all the time have my absolute respect. But if I can crank one little laugh out of them, I call it a day for myself. Check out the takeout podcast four o'clock on Saturday here on WTMJ. Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent. Good stuff, major. Thank you so much. Thank you, John.